Welcome back to A Dragon Tamer's Fable. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do. This is a full-length novel, and you're going to get lost if you don't start with the prologue. In Chapter 49, Fauna accused Seb of being unfaithful. In this episode, Chapter 50, the parents set aside their fight to handle a grave illness. Alright, let's dive in. They awoke the following day to the sound of screaming. Fauna raced into the hall, bewildered. The guard told her to stay inside her room. His sword was drawn. The light was dim. It was early morning. Seb had been staying a few doors down. No one emerged from his room. Fauna pushed past the guard. She needed to see her children. The screaming would have them awake and terrified. Theo was already with Odax when she got to his room. The little boy was half asleep in his uncle's arms. Lumen was crying in her crib in the nursery. Fauna carried her back to Odax's room, where Alice was talking to Theo. What's going on? Fauna asked. Alice shook her head. She didn't know either. Sebastian and Vivian hurried up the stairs and into the room. Their expressions were grim. Fauna held Lumen closer. What? She asked, dreading the answer. Seb's gaze flicked between his two children and rested on his wife. One of the servant's boys has died. Fauna gasped in horror and instinctively moved closer to Odax. How? Vivin met Fauna's alarmed gray eyes. There's been a juvenile sickness around the city recently. It typically targets children with weaker constitutions. Then they'll be alright. Fauna sighed with relief. Vivin and Seb exchanged a worried look. There's several other children in the servants' quarters who are showing symptoms. We had best be careful, Seb replied sedately. The little regent prince and princess were quarantined from the other children at the palace. Since Zayraid was in Ramafsi, Odax had been playing with the servants' children more frequently. The first day passed quietly, and though the prince complained that he couldn't see his friends, he and Lumen were still healthy. Seb sat at the foot of the bed in the master bedroom. Rain pounded incessantly against the arched window panes. Lightning flashed, and thunder rumbled. Are we going to talk? Fauna asked after she changed into her nightwear. Seb sat with his elbows on his knees, and his hands fisted to his lips. Silent. Can we please talk? Fauna asked again. All right. Talk. Seb kept his gaze on the ground. I'm sorry, Fauna said first, and took a step toward her husband. I'm sorry for what I accused you of. Say it out loud, Seb responded coolly. Fauna bit her lip. Cheating. And not only did you accuse me of cheating, you accused me in front of our friends, he murmured. Yes. Color rose to her cheeks. I'm a good husband, I think. I do everything you ask. I love you unconditionally. I honor and respect you. Seb lifted his face, and lightning flashed across his pained expression. I thought you trusted me, Fauna. I do, she said immediately. I do trust you. I get... I get jealous, Seb. Why? He rose to his feet, and Fauna had to force herself to keep contact with his expressive eyes. Why? Because you're you, Seb, she responded as if it was obvious. 
You're handsome and kind and tall and wonderful. And I'm yours. He stood in front of her with his hands in his pockets. I don't care what anyone else says or thinks. So to have you accuse me of cheating. His jaw tensed in anger. You don't understand, Fauna mumbled. If you understood, you'd forgive me more easily. Seb stared hard at her. You're right, Fawn. I don't understand. I've never noticed other men looking at you. I've never overheard them talking to their friends, saying what they'd like to do to you if they had the chance. Fauna's cheeks felt hot, and her voice caught in her throat. Why? Why did you smile at her like that? Like what? Seb growled, upset. The way you're only supposed to smile at me! She shouted, and angry tears started to stream down her cheeks. I smile at everyone, Seb rose his voice. I'm a friendly guy. It's what I do. No, not like that. I know the difference. Seb shook his head in disbelief and took a short turn around the side of the bed before returning to her. Is it when I smile at women? Am I allowed to smile at Alice and Felicita or no? Shut up! Fauna felt ridiculed and it hurt her physically. You're being such an asshole! I thought you trusted me! Seb exclaimed, equally hurt. You're my wife, my best friend, and you accused me of what I think is the worst possible thing a husband could do. Don't expect me to forgive you just because you said you're sorry and you're crying. Seb grabbed Dracocor from where he had tossed it on the bed and headed for the door. Don't speak to me tomorrow. I have work to do. Fauna flinched when Bracken and Bramble licked her hands sympathetically. She looked down into their concerned brown eyes and sat with them on the floor until her tears were spent. Fauna and Seb didn't so much as look at each other at breakfast. Vivin and Alice sat at the table in awkward silence. Lumen munched on her granola complacently, and Odak stared into his bowl of ground oats, taking a couple of spoonfuls. Seb gave Lumen a kiss on the cheek and walked over to Odak's. Are you okay, buddy? Odax nodded, looking sleepy. His father gave him a kiss on the head, and the regent went off. He had a final draft of new legislation to finish. When he said he had work to do, he meant it. Nevertheless, Fauna knocked on his door around noon. Seb, Fauna called. She knew he knew the way she knocked, and that was why he was silent. I'm busy, Seb called back. Fauna stared at the door in deep thought. Vivin, who in light of recent marital tension between the king and queen, stood guard at the door and looked at her curiously. Her expression wasn't sad, it was thoughtful and calculating. She walked away. When she returned in the afternoon, she was met with the same response. Vivin asked her if there was an emergency. Fauna shook her head in frustration. Odie wants him. I'm sure if you said that. It's fine, Fauna said curtly. She instantly apologized, and Vivin waved off her annoyed tone. He knew the anger wasn't directed at him. The king took his dinner in his study, and shortly after, he heard Fauna's knock at the door. Seb, I need to speak with you. He hesitated. There was a tone in her voice he couldn't recognize. He went to the door, mostly out of curiosity. Fauna was waiting, with her arms folded across her chest. The worry in her face evoked the instant question. What's wrong? From her husband. It's Odie. What? 
Seb's heart pounded. Why did Fauna look so upset? He's been ill all day, and he's getting worse. She tucked her hair behind her ear and spoke in a strained voice. He seemed fine at breakfast. Seb, he isn't okay. Can you please come? No more needed to be said. Sebastian took her hand and half-led her down the hall. How sick is he? He hasn't been able to keep anything down all day. Not even water. He's been running a fever since two o'clock, and he's looking worse. Has the physician been? Seb asked. He had to shorten his stride so Fauna could keep up with him. Vivin and Alice were following. She said there's nothing she can do. Either the children pull out of the sickness, or... Fauna felt lightheaded. He's been asking for you all day. Seb strode into his son's bedroom and knelt at his bedside. Fauna stood next to him, refolding her arms across her chest. Hey, buddy. How are you? Odax was ghostly pale and sweating profusely. His eyes were closed, and he twitched every few seconds. He isn't responding anymore, Fauna whispered with dread. Seb tested Odax's forehead with the back of his hand. He had a fever, no doubt. Is Lumen all right? Yes, she's absolutely fine. Teddy's been watching her all day. Odax mumbled under his breath and jerked in his fevered state. Seb stood and took his wife's hand, leading her out of the room. Why didn't you get me sooner? I tried. You didn't want to listen, Fauna said coldly. All you had to do was say his name, and I would have been here, Seb argued. He ran a hand through his hair and exhaled heavily. <sighs> this isn't the time for this. If he's been asking for me, I'll stay here with him. Go take a bath and put on a completely new set of clothes and keep an eye on Lou. Fauna regarded her son's door hesitantly, but nodded. If... if he needs me... Seb inclined his head in understanding and headed back inside. He sat in the chair Fauna had pulled to the bedside. The fireplace was the only source of light. The room was comfortingly warm as rain lashed against the windows. For a while, he simply watched Odax sleep. Seb looked around the room. It was tidy. Usually books were scattered by the fire. Fauna probably cleaned earlier, when the illness didn't seem so threatening. A single book was open at the foot of the little boy's bed. It was a journal. Fauna had been writing in it every hour on the hour each detail of Odax's sickness. From when he vomited, to how much, to when he got his fever, to when he started to sweat. Everything was logged. Seb closed the book, and Odax groaned. Daddy. I'm here, little man. Seb knelt by his son's bedside again. However, Odax was muttering in his hazy, fevered state. Sebastian knew he needed to do something, anything, to make his son more comfortable. Vivin stood at attention as the bedroom door opened. Seb stepped out with his hand on the knob. Can you help me? Vivin was stricken by Seb's pleading expression. He didn't say a word. He simply followed him inside. The blankets had been lifted from the little boy. His clothes stuck to his skin. I want to change him, but he can't stand up on his own. Vivin picked up Odax. The prince was drenched in sweat. Seb rummaged through the dresser drawers and pulled out pajamas. Vivin sat on the edge of the bed and held up Odax while Seb stripped him. The little boy's head bobbed as he fluttered in and out of consciousness. The first thing they noticed was the necklace that Odax always wore. 
the gift of elvish silver from Lord Oro. The metal had turned black and tarnished. Seb unhooked the necklace and held it in his palm. He recalled what the elf had said. It would protect Odax from minor illness. In other words, the little boy had never truly been sick before and had no resistance. Before Seb started to pull up Odax's pants, he touched the thick film of sweat on his son's skin. He went to the water basin across the room and wrung out a cloth. He wiped the little boy down from head to toe with gentleness and concentration. He decided not to put a shirt on the little boy. He's just going to soak through it again, Seb murmured. Daddy. Odax took a step forward and held up his arms. Sebastian gave him a hug, and when he tried to let go, Odax held fast. Seb sighed and picked him up. I was going to change his sheets out. I'll do it. Vivin knew where the spare sheets were kept in case of an accident. In the meantime, Seb took a heavy blanket and wrapped Odax in it, and they sat down in the chair. Seb was watching his son so intently that he didn't notice when Vivin finished making the bed. The older man nudged Sebastian's arm. Seb glanced up at him, then returned his gaze to his little boy's face. I think I'm going to hold him for a little longer. In his own fatherly way, Vivin placed a folded blanket on Seb's knee in case he should need it, and firmly patted the back of his neck. Simple gestures, but Seb was touched by them. The young father could remember holding his son in his arms in exactly the same way when he was first born. Four years had passed all too quickly. Odax just started his education. His tutor said he was a bright boy, and his homework proved it. His favorite lesson was piano with his mother. The ladies had said from the beginning that he had piano hands. While he was more than happy to simply read by himself or with a family member, he was outgoing as well. He would include every child within eyesight in games like tag and hide-and-seek. He was attentive to his sister and Nivali, and a confident friend for Zerid. The Rhydonian prince refused to attend dance classes unless Odax was there with him. He was a perfect little boy. Seb brushed his thumb over the spray of freckles across his son's nose. He vividly remembered chasing Fauna through the fields of Deep Creek when they were small. She would turn and giggle, her sun-kissed freckles encompassed by her shining auburn hair. Sebastian examined Odax's piano hands, his slender fingers and soft palms. How long had it been since he kissed his son's little feet? Seb's gaze returned to Odax's ashen face. His fine brown hair clung to his damp forehead. Seb? Nocte's voice rang in his mind suddenly. Seb, are you okay? Seb shook his head, though he knew Nocte couldn't see him. No, I'm not okay. I didn't think so. I can sense it. I'm just outside if you need me. Nock, the weather is wretched. Go find cover somewhere. Seb's heart panged as lightning flashed. Rain is to me as it is to rock. Besides, the courtyard is sheltered from the wind. You're in the courtyard? Seb thought in wonder. I did say I'm right outside. Seb could only imagine what the guards were thinking, seeing the massive dragon crammed into the smallest courtyard. Odax whimpered softly in his sleep, and Seb looked down at him worriedly. 
Though he was wrapped in a blanket by the fire, pressed close to his father, the little prince began to shiver. Seb checked his son's forehead with the back of his hand. The fever had gotten worse. Everything is going to be all right, Nocta said via Vox Draco. An inkling voice inside the great tamer whispered, But what if it isn't? That's what everyone has always said, and look what's happened. Look who you've lost. Images of loved ones flashed through his mind. Odax whimpered again. Mm. Sebastian wondered bitterly why his mother had to pass away. If she were there, she would know what to do to make Odax feel better. She would know what to say, how to act. Instead, she was dead. Something banged against the window pane, and Seb leapt out of his chair. Odax groaned, mm. and Vivin burst into the room with his sword drawn. Whatever it was, it was scratching horribly against the glass. Vivin sheathed his sword and grumbled under his breath. It's chirp. Seb blinked in confusion. The headguard didn't have to ask. He knew Seb would want to open the window. As soon as the pygmy dragon tumbled into the room, Vivin forced the window shut against the sleeting rain and strong wind. Ugh, you're soaked. Seb laid Odax on the bed and found a towel. As he wiped off the dragon's ruby scales, Vivin placed a hand on Odax's flaming forehead. He has the chills, the older tamer commented. His body is trying to fight the infection. Freshly dried, Chirp leapt onto the bed and padded up to the little boy's face. He sniffed the shivering child and curled up against his neck. You should do the same. Seb furrowed his brow, too stressed to decipher Vivin's meaning. Your body heat might help him. The guard left again, and Seb threw another split log onto the fire. He pulled off his shirt and laid next to his son. Chirp relocated as the Great Tamer pulled Odax close. I'm cold, Daddy. Odax's back was clammy, and his cheeks were flushed. I'm here to warm you up, Odie. Everything, everything is going to be okay. Seb brought the blanket over them, and he drifted in and out of sleep throughout the night as Odax fought his high fever. Fauna poked her head in the door and pressed a hand to her heart. She beckoned over Vivin, who had sat outside the door the entire evening. Though it continued to rain, gray light filtered in through the bedroom window. Seb and Odax were both sprawled out on their stomachs, and Seb had his arm resting over his son's back. Tattooed, scarred, and strong. Fauna remembered how taken aback Lord Oral had been when he heard Felicita had healed him. Chirp was curled up on the small of the Great Hammer's back, dozing contentedly. You should go to bed, Fauna whispered to Vivin, who was too tired to do anything more than grunt. Mm. Sebastian crawled over Odax and sleepily approached the two at the door. As he rubbed the sleep from his eyes, Fauna reached up and patted down his bedhead. In the bleary first moments of the day, their fight was forgotten. How's Lulu? Seb yawned. She's fine. She was wondering where you two were for story time. And she may have scribbled in your favorite book. The one with the ponies? Seb asked, disheartened. He read it to Lumen nearly every day, and neither tired of it. Yes, that one. Did his fever break? Fauna asked, keen to know if her son was out of danger. Seb went over and checked. He shook his head. It's better than it was. 
His chills are gone, Vivian added. He had chills? Fauna repeated anxiously. Before Seb could reply, Odax called him back to the bed, asking for cuddles. Chirp bound over to the window and pawed it. As Seb opened it, he could see Nocte's scaled back as the dragon slept in the courtyard. Seb snuggled into Odax again. Bracken and Bramble trotted into the room and eyed their master warily as they not so sneakily stepped onto the bed and laid across the human's feet. Seb waved farewell to Fauna and Vivin. He was stuck and wouldn't be moving for a while. Sebastian spent the entire day with Odax. It wasn't until late in the evening when Seb felt comfortable leaving him. The little boy's fever broke, and he managed to eat something. Fauna heard her husband slip into the room. It was pitch black, but he found his way to the bed easily. He slipped under the covers. As he pressed against her, his skin was cool and soft, and the scent of soap wafted in the air. He had taken a bath in another room, so he wouldn't bother her. His lips grazed the back of her neck, and he draped an arm over her side. The motions were so familiar. Seb did them each time he had come to bed after her, if a meeting or paperwork had kept him up. However, instead of dozing off with his warm breath on her neck, he spoke her name. Fauna? Are you awake? After a pause, Fauna shifted her weight to show she was. Seb's arm squeezed her close. I'm sorry, he murmured. I'm sorry I upset you. I shouldn't have belittled your feelings. I love you, Fawn. I'm sorry too, she whispered, and the couple fell asleep. No one was happier of the elves' return than Odax. He raced out of the palace doors and bear-hugged his best friend. The boys chattered excitedly about how they both had loose teeth and darted off before Felicita could step out of the carriage. Fauna met her with a broad smile and open arms. During their time apart, they realized just how close they had become. Kyle stepped out with Nivali in his arms. Fauna barely took note of the second carriage that arrived. She thought it was holding baggage. However, someone emerged from the horse-drawn carriage. Sebastian hadn't been able to meet them at the door since he was at a meeting. He set off to find the newly wedded couple, and instead, found a familiar face. Nida! Seb walked over to the elf in amazement. How are you? The Romafsian tutor smiled at the young man. Seb had changed so much in under a decade. The human had filled out so that his muscles complemented his height. His hair was kept short and ruffled, and he still had his boyish charm about him, but there was an undeniable tiredness around his eyes. His sweet smile was nearly the same, though something about it had changed. I am well, thank you. The pygmy king lives up to his name, I see. Chirp was perched on Seb's shoulder, eyeing the newcomer curiously. People are still calling me that, huh? What brings you to ride on? Vacation? The elf was glad to see his teaching hadn't gone to waste. The king's Romofsian was flawless. Ah, the opposite. I have completed my contracts to date, and the princess informed me of another position. Of course, if you are content with your current tutor, then yes, this is a vacation. Seb blinked in surprise. She wants you to teach the kids? 
They're rather young. I doubt you would feel challenged. The elf waved his hand. I tutored the princess from the age of three. Children are truly the greatest challenge to teach. Odax ran up to his father and hugged his leg as he asked, Daddy, have you seen Bracken and Bramble? Seb gestured to Nida, and Odax dipped his head respectfully. He spoke in Elvish as well. My name is Odax Alor. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Nida introduced himself, and Seb answered his son's question. They were with Lou a while ago. Whistle for them. Odax ran down the corridor. Come on, Zay! The prince, who had just spotted Seb, glanced at Odax and hastily ran over to the king. I missed you, Uncle Seb. Zayraid gave him a fleeting hug and raced after his best friend. Nida learned quite a bit about the unique social dynamic at the palace during his first week. Seb's reunion with the elves involved a hug and a kiss on the cheek for Felicita and a hug for Kael, who had learned to embrace the affectionate humans. Zayraid and Odax were inseparable, which Nida discovered was the norm. Nivali mostly kept to herself, spending her time drawing or playing with her toys. Lumen was a pure, non-stop ball of toddler energy. She was very dear to everyone as the baby of the group. There was a routine, more or less, at Magna Tectus, Nida determined. During the week, the boys spent their time in academic lessons with him, or artistic lessons with the ladies. They spent the majority of their free time outside in the back lot, where guards could keep an eye on them. Saturdays were play day. The Kingwood set aside nearly the entire day to be with the children. Their favorite game was to remove their shirts and tie capes around their necks, brandishing wooden swords and pretending to be tamers. Seb was either a fearsome villain or part of the troop, accompanied by a young guard named Ryan. The usual head guards took the day off. For the woman, that meant disappearing with her feathered dragon, and for the man, it meant spending time with Princess Lumen, or training. There were days when the Great Tamer would spend a few too many hours playing with the children, which resulted in late nights or running himself ragged. Overall, the regent seemed to be handling his position well, and his wife took on the majority of social obligations. Fauna had noticed that her husband was in a particularly cheerful mood one evening. She waited until they retired to their chambers to ask why. Seb beamed from ear to ear. It happened. What, with Lou? Fauna asked in confusion. Seb gave her an equally confused look. What? Today there was a huge fuss in the halls. I stepped outside of my study, and Vivian and Ren were running and shouting at her. What? Why? She was riding Bracken. She what? How did I not hear about this? Seb asked, incredulous. Fauna giggled. <laughs> Vivian was in a fit. Lumen was having the time of her life. I could hear her laughter from the end of the hall. Sebastian shook his head with a grin. His daughter seemed to have a knack for mischief. So, what were you talking about? Fauna asked, brushing her hair as they spoke. Odie. I was walking with him in the garden today. Remember how Laura brought Lillian over for a visit? Fauna nodded and paused brushing her hair, curious to know what her husband was going to say. Seb's eyes were alight in a way they hadn't been for a long time. I was holding his hand, and we were talking about dragons. 
Then, all of a sudden, he points across the garden to Lillian and says, Daddy, I'm going to marry her someday. Fauna let out an exclamation Aww. of joy and hugged her husband tight. She knew how much it meant to him for Odax to say that. Poor Zay. Lillian was supposed to be his future girlfriend. Seb laughed, holding Fauna in his arms. I think she's the reason why Odie likes dance class so much. Fauna giggled. Her son would bounce up and down in anticipation for the classes held twice a week. Lillian was a very sweet little girl. Whenever she visited, the boys brought her into their games eagerly. The three had been together since their infancy, and Fauna was delighted to know that her son's first crush was on such a girl. Thanks for listening to Chapter 50 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable, and thank you for supporting the podcast so far. I can't believe we're already at Chapter 50. Nearly a year has passed since I first started this podcast, and we still have a fair bit more to go. To stay up to date on content, check out a DTF podcast on Instagram or Facebook. As always, feel free to email dragontamerpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't be shy. Until next time, keep slaying anything but dragons.